Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Eulogy continued. Since Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection experienced the great benefits of this holy exercise of the presence of God and how much it brings good to the soul, he advised all his friends to apply themselves to it with all the care and fidelity possible. In order to encourage them to undertake it with firm resolution and invincible courage, he gave them such strong convincing reasons that he not only influenced their minds, but even penetrated their hearts. He made them love and undertake this holy practice with a degree of fervor equal to the indifference with which they had formerly regarded it. He had the gift to persuade those who approached him, not only by his words, but also by his good example. You only had to look at him to be edified and put yourself in the presence of God, no matter how preoccupied you might be. He maintained that the practice of the presence of God was the shortest, easiest way to arrive at Christian perfection, the form and life of virtue, and the great protection from sin. He insisted that this practice required only courage, goodwill, and the truth of deeds rather than words. It was evident from his conduct that when he carried out his duties as cook, even in the midst of his work, including the most distracting tasks, his mind was recollected in God. Although his tasks were great and difficult, often doing by himself what would require two, you never saw him act hurriedly, but always with appropriate moderation. He gave each task the time called for, always keeping his modest, tranquil air, working neither too fast nor too slow, remaining in the same evenness of spirit and constant peace. He carried out this office with all the love possible during a period of about 30 years, until providence ordained otherwise. His leg became ulcerated, so his superiors had to assign him to an easier task. This change afforded him more leisure to adore God in spirit and in truth, according to his inclination, allowing him to foster a more perfect awareness of God's presence by this exercise of faith and love. In this intimate union brought about exclusively by these two virtues, that is, faith and love, the images of creatures, effaced only with difficulty, were erased from his imagination. The powers of hell that never give up the fight against us no longer dared attack Lawrence. His passions became so peaceful that he was hardly aware of them anymore. If they occasionally aroused some little emotion to humble him, he resembled those high mountains, safe from nature's storms at their base. From that time on, 
he seemed to be naturally disposed to virtue, gentle in mood, completely righteous, with the best heart in the world. His fine countenance, his human affable air, his simple modest manner, won him the esteem and goodwill of all who saw him. The more closely you looked, the more you discovered in him a depth of integrity and piety rarely found elsewhere. People noticed that one of his concerns was not to let any singularity show in his actions. He always followed the simplicity of the common life without putting on the austere, melancholy air that only serves to discourage people. He was not one of those inflexible people who consider sanctity incompatible with ordinary manners. He associated with everyone and never put on airs, acting kindly toward his brothers and friends without wanting to be conspicuous. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, mirror of the divine life, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Singularity. What is singularity? Does it mean being distinct from other people? Well, it can't mean that exactly, because each one of us is singular in that sense. Each one of us is here because of a distinct act of creation. God created our soul, the moment of our conception. Each one of us has a singular act of existence. Each one of us is individuated. Each one of us has a unique mission. There is no one else who has the exact purpose that you and I have. We have a special place in the great mystical body of Christ. So in that way, we're all singular. So what is this singularity that Brother Lawrence was trying to avoid? Well, this singularity is a appearing as different from others, especially in matters of holiness. Brother Lawrence was not interested in appearing holy. He was interested in being holy. He wasn't interested in trying to show off. He was interested in loving God, glorifying God, and not drawing attention to himself unnecessarily. Now, of course, he did draw attention to himself because, as this biographer notes, to have seen him was to somehow feel closer to God. 
that Brother Lawrence was very different. He was very singular, even among holy people, in his holiness. He achieved a holiness that very few people in this life achieve. But Brother Lawrence was trying to simply fit in with the rest of his community. He did not want to do anything that would make him seem holier than others. He wasn't trying to show off because he knows that human beings are very easily jealous. Human beings very easily are annoyed at the progress that other people make sometimes. Instead of rejoicing with those who rejoice, human beings think, well, who is that guy? How does he get so holy? Who does he think he is? How did he get so many graces? And so Brother Lawrence wanted to be ordinary. He associated with everyone. He didn't try to put on some official religious airs. He was the cook for 30 years and pretty good at it. He did his work. He was faithful. And he was kind to everyone. He didn't want to appear conspicuous. He didn't want to say to people, look at me, look at me. Why? Why was that not a temptation for him? Because he was so filled with a sense of God. His faith and his love were so fixed on God and God's greatness. That his own excellence didn't appear to him to be worth drawing attention to. What he wanted to point people to was God. I must decrease, St. John said, so that he might increase. So let us ask tonight for the grace of having a sincere desire for Christian perfection. Let us ask for the grace of wanting to really fulfill our role in the mystical body of Christ. Let us ask for the grace of wanting to have our minds and our hearts fixed on God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.